Listen up, boys and girls. Once upon a time, in a land far, far away. Yes, it's Brad Gisa. It's a harsh story time. So, and I've always mentioned that this show isn't for kids, but this particular story time is not for children. Um, I was still drinking, by the way, uh, and I was in my prime. And I hadn't even, haven't even really started to tape or, taper off on my skills yet. I was, it was about 2 o'clock in the morning, 2.30 maybe. My wife and I were playing a game called Unreal, Unreal Tournament. Headshot. I was, we were doing great. Drinking some vodka. 2.30 in the morning. Ooh, that'll kill you. Yeah, we've got, and it's in the middle of the summer, so we have our, we're in the top story of our apartment. We have the window open uh, with the screen there, but the window's open. And in the middle of all this plane, 2.30 in the morning, we start to hear a lot of coyotes yipping and yapping, and there's many, many more coyotes in California than there are here. I've heard them sometimes here, but there was about 30 or 40 coyotes, and they were they were raising more cane than they normally do. And then I heard a cat. I heard a cat. And now, if you've ever heard a cat that maybe is having sex or a cat that's having a fight, that, that sounds awful. Yeah. It sounds yeah. it sounds like maybe a, a cat's being murdered. This was something well above and beyond that. So I knew, oh, my gosh, it sounds like a cat is being murdered. We happen to have three cats of our own. And I'm assuming it's one of our cats. So... 2.30 in the morning, inebriated out of my mind and, and fearful for our cat's life. I, I stick my head to the window and I scream at the top of my, my voice, I will effing kill you! I will effing kill you! And, and then the police show. And, and because of that loud <laughs> screaming, the coyotes just scatter. They're just yeah, gone. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I woke up our daughter because I was screaming. Yeah. So I, yeah. I grab our, I actually had a, they used to sell 15 million candle white. What uh, spotlights? It was about the size of a bread basket. You can see through people's bodies with it. Yeah. So I get that big spotlight, and I, I start to run downstairs, and Paxi comes up. She goes, "What's the matter, Daddy?" And I said, "Sweetheart, I, I need you to stay here. We heard some coyotes, and it might have hurt a cat. I don't know if it's ours, but I, I need you to stay here, okay?" All right. She's really scared. Sure. So T and I get out, and we're I thought you a, were killing mom. It's a dated, <laughs> er, dated. It's a gated community, so you can't. Just drive out, unless, yeah. or you can't just walk out unless you drive out. So I, I'm tall enough to look over our fence, and I shine the spotlight out over, and I see out in the field our cat, Tony, a black and white cat, pretty torn up. And I will just say that of the three cats we had, we had one called 50-50, we had one called Bear, who was all black, and Tony. And Tony was kind of aloof. It's not like I didn't like Tony, but Tony was one of those cats that really didn't give a darn if you liked him or not. So although he was a part of our family... I was never that close to him. Certainly didn't want him to get hurt, though. So I'm shining the light, and so I get in the car, and we pull out of our our uh, apartment complex. But before I do, I do one thing that in retrospect may have been a mistake. I grab my pellet gun, and the pellet gun that I have is, is a pistol. It's a pump pistol, but it looks very, very much like a real gun. And I put it in my waistband like I'm some sort of a gangster you or know, something. You know, somehow. I got a bad yeah. feeling about this. I just don't want the coyotes to come back and, and try to you know, attack me. Yeah. So we go out there, and I st- we didn't have to drive very far. We just had to open the gate. And I pull over, and I tell T, stay here. You have to stay here. And I walk out there. And and to my horror, it, it's t- Tony. He's almost unrecognizable. He looks like he's a nondescript cat that looks like Sylvester. But he's, he's almost unrecognizable because of what the coyotes have done. Ooh. Unfortunately, Tony's still alive, and 
I'm, I'm horrified, and I know I can't let this go on. And I, re- I remember that I have a camp shovel in the back of my car. It's kind of you screw together. And I know what I have to do, and I'm, I have a heavy heart because I know what I have to do. But I go and I walk back, and I tell T, sweetheart, it's Tony. And she puts her arms around me. And she's, <laughs> now she's crying. She's yeah, crying yeah, for Tony. Yeah. And I'm trying to comfort her, and as I'm comforting her, I see him very quickly coming around the corner about a quarter mile away, Highway Patrol. <laughs> he is coming around the corner like he heard someone screaming, I'm going to effing kill you That's exactly out, of, out of a window. Somebody called. I'm like, oh, geez. And here. And now you got your gun with you. Here, to my credit, here's where my acting ability came in. Because I knew if I acted like there was anything wrong, click, 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 I got the bracelet. So I act. I walked to the car in such a nonchalant manner, like I'm maybe looking for my fanny pack or something. And I, and I bend over and I throw it underneath the driver's passenger seat, or the driver's seat. And I just I just want it out of the way. And I, and I come back with some tissue, like I went to get tissue for my wife. And, yeah, yeah. And then just as I get back to her and she's crying, he pulls up. He puts the spotlight on us and he comes up and he's got his hand on his gun. It's not out, but his hand is on his gun. Yeah. And he's saying, what the hell's going on here? And T was a very good example of why I didn't have to explain anything. She's bawling her eyes out. Our cat, our cat got hurt. And he's going, what's going on? And I'm saying, would you... Would you shine your spotlight out in the field? And he showed his spotlight out on the field. And there's, he could see Tony out there. And I'm saying, yeah, yeah. that's our cat. And he's, he's, he's dying. And I, I need to somehow euthanize him. And you could tell that at that moment he softened because you realized that there was no one being murdered. Yeah. And so he took his hand off his gun. And T says, would you use your gun or your nightstick to, to euthanize our cat? And he says, I can't do that. I can't do that. Some might think that's animal cruelty. But then he said something that I was very grateful for. He said, but I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll leave, and then you can do what you have to do. And I said, thank you. Thank you for that. He got in his car, and he left. Hmm. I steal my mind. I knew that the pellet gun, it was a pellet gun. It would have made things worse. It wouldn't have done what I needed to do. I got this, the camp shovel out of the trunk, and T will not stay. I say, you have to stay here. I'm not going to stay. I won't stay. So she she follows me out there, and now we're both. I'm, I'll admit I'm crying. We're petting Tony one last time, saying, sorry, Tony. It's going to be okay. I'm going to knock your brains out. Yeah, I'm, I'm you sorry. Won't I'm so yeah. sorry. And he's looking at us really perplexed, like, what is wrong with you? Who, who the hell? It was just, he looked at us very, but I thought it was because he had been mangled. Yeah. So I made her walk away. I said, you can't be here for this. So she walks away, and I really did have to steal my mind, and I raised this shovel, and this is the hardest part of the story. I asked, I asked Tony to forgive me in my heart, Yeah. and I bring it down as hard as I can, and to my horror, the shovel is bent. Yeah. I, I bet that I had the worst made shovel in the world, and Tony's not quite dispatched yet, so that's when my so banjo just snapped, his brain and I just and started screaming, I'm screaming, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I don't know how long that went on, but T's hands are on my shoulder. And she's saying, that's enough. That, that, that's enough. And at that time, thank goodness, Tony had expired. And I'm crying and covered in blood. And I couldn't have used that stupid shovel because it was garbage. So I used my own hands to dig a, a grave for him. <laughs> I did, and then we, oh, I had my jacket. I yeah. wrapped him in my jacket. And I put him in the grave. And I covered him up. And I put a big tire on top of it so that no coyotes would come back. And, and I hear this sound like... Ju- this little jumping sound and I turn around and I can see little Paxi's head jumping up over the fence she, yeah. did, she didn't stay in the house she's, yeah, she she's jumping up to see, see what was going on yeah. I'm like oh my gosh I'm drenched in sweat and despair we go back to the car and I realize there's a big part of this left I'm not it's not quite done yet I gotta tell our daughter 
So we get to the house and I open the door, and just what I expected, she's there, big tear-filled eyes. What happened, Daddy? What happened? What happened? I said, all right. I'm not going to waste any more time. I'm not going to put this off. I said, come here. And I sat down on the, on the couch, and I sat her down in front of me, and I'm, I'm just going to tell her. I'm just going get to get it out of the way. I said, sweetheart, there's something I have to tell you. And I look over Paxton's right shoulder, and, and crawling under our kitchen table, there's Tony! Fine! <laughs> Untouched! <laughs> Not a hair out of place. Oh, so you killed somebody else. It was someone else's cat. Oh, and now I'm dancing around and T's dancing around. And we're like, there's, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. And Paxi's looking at us like, my gosh, my parents are out of their mind. <laughs> They've nuts. lost their mind. <laughs> but because he was he was such a nondescript cat and he had been mangled, I we euthanized 